Welcome to this episode of Planting Seeds. I'm Keith Jones, the preaching minister of Calera Church of Christ, and I've prepared a short message from Scripture that's intended to be the planting of a seed that, if cultivated, will in time produce fruit in the lives of the listeners. Now, let's get started. Shine upon you and be gracious and give you peace. In this episode, we'll continue our study of the book of Ephesians by looking at Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 1. If you have a Bible with you, follow along while I read. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you, as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, or who is covetous, that is, an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not become partakers with them, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them, for it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible, for anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully then how you walk not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord in your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Chapter 5 of Ephesians opens with a command from Paul that seems impossible. Paul says, be imitators of God. Paul tells his listeners if they want to be healthy members of a healthy body that's a part of God's plan, they need to imitate God. That sounds like a tall order, but when you think about it, it makes sense. Because whatever we're trying to imitate drives our decision-making. Whatever is making our decisions for us is our God. The Father of Jesus has called us into a relationship, and he says, I want you to be like me. And Paul goes on to explain what that looks like. He says, we need to be a people who walk in love. Remember, the Apostle John tells us that God is love. So to walk in love, to live a life according to love, To behave in a loving way means to act like God himself. The way that we know how to walk in love is to follow the example of Jesus who had loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. 
And then Paul goes on to explain that that walk of love means that we have to be very conscious uh, of our behavior, of our thoughts, and our words. He lets us know that we have to take those things captive to make sure that they reflect the love of God. And so he speaks to actions. In verse 3, he says, It's impossible for you to be sexually immoral or impure or covetous. You can't act that way. You can't be self-indulgent. That is not consistent with love. If I'm only worried about me and what I want, I'm neglecting others and what they need. Selfishness is not consistent with love. He talks about our thoughts and being greedy, of our thoughts being guided by possessing rather than being possessed by God himself. He says that's actually idolatry. And then he talks about the words we use. He mentions foolish talk or crude joking. Using our words to tear others down is self-serving and not God-serving. Therefore, it doesn't reflect the love that he has shown to mankind. And Paul reminds them that they will be influenced and affected by the world we live in to participate in those very things, but they must be wise. And he tells them in verse 10 that they should try to learn what pleases the Lord. He continues by helping them see how to achieve that. He says that that will happen as they live in the light. They will be able to see clearly what God wants them to do. The light of Christ will shine on them, and they can see what needs to happen. They can see what they need to avoid. Imagine at night when you need to get up out of bed and go to some other part of the house. If you don't turn lights on, you run the risk of stumbling over things that may be laying in the floor or furniture that may be in your path. To avoid that, we can turn the light on. And that's the kind of scene that Paul has described here. If you want to learn what pleases the Lord, turn the light on. Let Jesus shine light on your life and the circumstances of your life so that you can see clearly how you should live and how you should walk. When we live a life in the light and we live a life of light, when we become a shining light in our dark society, we provide an alternative for those who feel hopeless. Paul also says that living in the light produces fruit. Think about a plant. If you keep it in darkness, it never bears fruit. But uh, plants that are exposed to the light, that are fruit-bearing plants, that light helps them, causes them to produce fruit. And in the life of a Christian, that fruit will be goodness and righteousness. We'll do the things that are good to God, the things that God says are right. Paul lets us know that our Christianity cannot be lived in the shadows. It has to be seen. It has to be exposed. Jesus himself talks about a candle is not lit in a house and then put under a basket. It's put in a prominent place where it can give light to everyone in the house. Paul is calling his readers to embrace this notion and to live it out. And if we think about it, it's reasonable to wonder that if our confession of faith it doesn't make any difference in us and the way we live and the choices we make, should we really expect that it will make any difference to God? If we're just giving lip service to God, 
but not being faithful to his call? Can we expect him to honor the words of our lips when our hearts are far from him? Paul lets us know that we cannot respond to grace by doing what we want. The proper response to grace is to humbly submit to God and do whatever he wants. Paul says this is living wisely, not like unwise people, but as wise. And he gives us five things that are traits of wise people. One is they make efficient use of time. Paul says the days that his readers were living in were evil. The same can be said of our time. And because they're evil, we need to make good choices. We need to make the best use of the time we have available so that we can be a part of God's work of redeeming humanity. Wise people also don't do things to excess. Now, Paul mentions specifically here getting drunk with wine, but he talks about debauchery, uh, giving in to excess. He says, don't give in to excess. Be filled with the Spirit. Wise people don't overindulge in anything except the Spirit of God. Wise people are also quick to encourage others and submit to the needs of others. Paul says that it's important for them to speak to each other with spiritual words and psalms, hymns, songs, and making melodies in their heart before God and being able to give thanks and everything to God and submitting to one another. Wise people connect themselves with others for the purpose of encouraging and helping. But wise people are also filled with the Spirit. We mentioned this idea of being filled with the Spirit earlier, but Paul says it shows wisdom to be able to discern the Spirit of Jesus that we should be following apart from all of the things going on in the world, all of the circumstances that we find ourselves in, all the temptations that we could succumb to, it's important that we are filled with the Spirit of God so that our actions and our walk is with God. And a wise person reveres the Lord. Paul says that we should always give thanks to God. We should always be thinking about the wonderful things he's done for us, the grace that he's extended to us, so that even in our trying times, we realize that we have hope, that we have help, and that God is in control. We should quit striving against God to make things happen our way, but wholly surrender to him because of the reverence we have for him. Paul tells us in this section that we should imitate God. We're tempted to say, well, we can't do that because we're only human. Paul says that you can imitate God because you are human. As we seek to live out a fully human existence, it means to live out the life that God has planned for us, a life of love, a life of sacrifice that reflects God's wisdom and his care for humanity. Thank you for listening. You can find more of these messages on our website, calirachurchofchrist.org, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Twitter.